Hello there, welcome to a very special episode 71 of Nevermind the Bullens. I'm Mike Pieces, this is your bite-sized Everton podcast and vodcast. I uh, didn't expect to be doing another episode quite as soon after uh, the dissection of the uh, Watford debacle from Saturday, uh, but with the uh, sad news that's uh, broken in the last 24 hours uh, about the passing of uh, Walter Smith, um, thought it was appropriate that we shared some uh, some memories of uh, Walter um, and his time at at Goodison. Like you, um, I'd never met him. I didn't know him. All I know is what I've uh, read and and heard about him and the many uh, glowing tributes that have been paid to him. Um, And obviously how he was when he was in charge of of Everton for that best part of four years from uh, the summer of 98 to... 2002 when uh, he was fired after that uh, FA Cup quarter-final uh, defeat at Middlesbrough, which was a bit of a a bit of a sad way to go out. But you know, do managers ever go out on on positive terms? Generally, not if they get sacked. No, um, but I think everything that's been said, and if you get a chance, do watch Ali McCoy's uh, very heartfelt tribute because he talks about the man as much as he does, you know, the the football manager, the the football man. He talks about the person and. Uh, it's it's a lovely, heartwarming tribute and very moving. Um, you know, he's a man that obviously went on holiday with him many times, and as he talks about, and obviously his families were very close and had known Walter throughout his entire playing career, even when he was in the Scotland youth team. And it's lovely, and I think it, it, it encapsulates kind of what we thought about him, irrespective of some of the football that was played under his um, stewardship at Goodison Park. I think we can all agree, those of us that were around at the time, he, he was hamstrung. Uh, by all of the uh, the acrimony and the infighting and the sort of tumultuous boardroom situation that we were in at that point in Everton's recent history. Um, and that there's no question that in spite of all that, he acted with tremendous integrity. He was an honest man. Uh, he showed tremendous fortitude because many others would have uh, hightailed it and left. Um, given some of the, the situations he, he had to deal with very soon after after coming in, uh, where he was unequivocally sold up the garden path uh, by Peter Johnson. And, yeah, you know, there were some good days. There were a number of bad days under his tenure. But what we can say is that he was he was honest and that we respected that as a, as a fan base because we knew that if he came out and said we were, we were good, we'd been good. And if he came out and said we'd been poor, then we'd been poor. And I think... Evertonians have always appreciated uh, that aspect of things, you know, that for managers that, if you're honest with us, we'll, we'll give you a chance. We're, we're, we're you know, forgiving people. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've had to be down the years, but uh, he sort of acted with exactly the way that we w- would want an Everton manager to, uh, with that sort of, the, he behaved in the, exactly the way that we would want him to. Um, and you think actually, you know, as I said, a victim of circumstance because when he came in, he was uh, made promises that were completely false and signed some good players. His acumen in the transfer market, you know, so the players that he signed or a number of them became the the, the, the bedrock of the, the team, that first team that David Moyes created, you know, the team that finished seventh and then obviously finished fourth and took us into the Champions League, like David Weir and Alan Stubbs. Um, obviously re-signed Duncan Ferguson after he'd been sold infamously uh, without his, his knowledge. Uh, you know, a number of players, Gary Naismith as well, Mark Pembridge, um, Kevin Campbell, uh, not so much Francis Jeffers, but obviously, you know, he, he did have a, a, a good a good team and he signed some good players, the likes of Marco Matarazzi, um, 
obviously had to sell them all after the first season when you know it was all uh, on the tick, wasn't it, with the bank? Um, Olivier Decor, um, not so much Ibrahima Bakayoko, but you know that could have worked out very much differently. Um, and he, yes, you know, it, it didn't work out in quite the way that he would have wanted it to. But some of the football we played in the second season that he was in charge, we had a, a good team. Yeah, and but for that game against Middlesbrough at the uh, the uh, the last game of that 99-2000 season where we I think we'd been to Leeds on the Monday drew one all Nick Barnby in in great form play had a really good season um and then we lose the game by two goals to nil if we'd won it we'd have finished eighth we lost we finished 13th and who knows what might have let, happened after that you might have created a team that might have obviously we weren't expecting to challenge for you know the UEFA Cup or the Champions League or anything like that because we were acting in a very kind of restricted financial situation but who knows we could have gone on and won a cup the following year um, but that team at least in part anyway was was broken up Nick Barnby decides to hightail it across the park Don Hodgson wasn't given a new contract John Collins left and you know who who knows what might have been I mean you know there were some very good results under under him uh, great days there was no consistency um, but there were some pretty dark ones as well I think the absolute nadir was probably the uh, the Tranmere uh, FA Cup defeat at Goodison back in uh, January of two thousand and one, just one of the worst days. How he survived that, I will, I will never know. But he did, and I think it's telling that when uh, Bill Kemwright obviously made the call and said, you know, listen, Walter, it's it's time to go in the in the aftermath of that Middlesbrough defeat in two thousand and two, and they said, who, who uh, Bill Kemwright respected him to say, who would you recommend? And he recommended David Moyes, and there's no question he got that. Uh, recommendation absolutely spot on um, and it also says you know the amount of tributes that have been paid to him by his former players uh, both the players that played with him for, for, for Rangers um, the way Manchester United has spoken about him um, Dundee United of course you know uh, players that played with him for Scotland and all players that played for him at Everton Kevin Campbell as uh, one of the tributes I've seen uh, in the last 24 hours uh, says everything about the way that Walter Smith um, was as a man. Um, some of the lovely pieces have been written. Dave Prentice, uh, obviously, he was Everton's club correspondent for uh, that most of his tenure. Paul Joyce, as well, have, have spoken glowingly of him. All those uh, local journalists in the days when that sort of local press back kind of existed in that in that kind of form. Who had time with the manager and Dave Prentice talks about the fact that he's a friend. There's some great anecdotes in his uh, book, A Grand Old Team to Report, which is definitely worth. Uh, uh, sort of looking at and the little sort of um, tip he shared in the article he wrote for the Echo uh, yesterday about the last time that um, Walter was in touch with him uh, back on the uh, day of the derby back in February where we ended that hoodoo uh, that uh, had started with him uh, in charge back in 1999 I think says a lot about the, the man um, very very sad a, a great loss to football a great loss obviously to his family and to his friends uh, so I think from those of us that respected him and Archie Knox as well and what he tried to do, uh, you know, he made his best efforts at Goodison Park. There's no question about that in his tenure. Walter Smith, RIP. We'll be back with episode 72 uh, after the Wolves game on Monday night. Uh, this has been a top content production. Until the next time, come on, you blues. Blues. <laughs>